Dreaming of a better sleep? Tossing and turning is not your destiny. And Ollie is here to help. Ollie invites you to sink into sweet, sweet slumber to improve your mental and physical health and overall wellness. More than just melatonin, Ollie's ingredients help you unwind your mind for a delightfully dreamy drift off. Sleep is on the way at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. Welcome to the College Financial Aid and Career Navigation Podcast. Tom and Maria Geffers of Career and College Counselors, along with nationally recognized college financial aid expert Seth Green, teach two things. How to cut the cost of college tuition an average of $19,077 per child per year, and how to land your dream job after you graduate by choosing the right career and major. To get access to more information on how you can make the right choice, simply register at www.careercollegecounselors.com connect to find out how to save an average of $19,077 per year per child on college tuition, go to www.howtofindmoneyforcollege.com. On the podcast, Tom, Maria, and Seth bring together leading experts in their fields who have experience in the college admission and career application process. They share their secrets so you can do it too. And now, here's your hosts, Tom, Maria, and Seth. Hi, everyone, and welcome to another edition of our podcast. I'm Maria Geffers. And I am Tom Geffers from Career and College Counselors. And uh, today, our podcast is like all of our other podcasts. It's a resource for parents and students around the country to ask questions about uh, uh, their interests. Right. And it's not often that you get to actually sit down with an expert in the, in the fields of career, college, and financial uh, aid. So we are so pleased to welcome my good friend, Joanne Kaminsky. And I have been friends with her, gosh, must be six years, Joanne, at least. Mm -hmm. Your babies were babies when we first started together. And yeah. now one went off to college, which is like crazy, crazy. Uh, I know. <laughs> I know, but it goes quickly. So uh, here's my friend, Joanne Kaminsky, and she is going to be talking about what teachers can do and find opportunities other than the classroom. Um, so thank you so much again, Joanne. And we always start our podcast with you telling us who you are, what you do, and your aha moment. Very important, your aha moment. Yeah, I love that. So my name's Joanne Kaminsky and, you know, I, I started off in, in the school system and, and, and kind of worked my way on up pretty quickly as far as a teacher can go if there's a ladder in the teaching industry. But I started off in the third grade classroom at a first year school called uh, Milwaukee Academy of Science. And it was the toughest experience I had ever had because it was all about classroom management and they didn't have a class for that in college. Like mm -hmm. there was literally no class on like, how do you handle a classroom of students? It was all on how do you teach the students? So I felt like I was really good already at that teaching aspect. But when it came to that classroom management, I was 
a newbie for sure. And so that first year was the roughest year of my life. I decided to still come back the next year though and give it another go and, and see if I could apply what I learned in that year to, uh, to become better. And that second year of, of teaching certainly was a lot better. I learned a lot more about classroom management that allowed me to build relationships with my students. See, I always kind of came with education as thinking that it's all about being an authority and you listen to your teacher and you do what your teacher says. But this was a whole new culture of students and that wasn't a belief that they had. And so my style was kind of like authoritative and dictative and that did not work. And so when I learned how to build relationships and really make it about the students, they began to respect me in a whole new level, which then allowed me to teach them. So at the end of that second year, because my the, the principal ended up seeing this passion that I had for teaching reading, he said, you know, I think you'd be a really good fit to be able to help other teachers that want to learn how to teach the reading program. Would you willing be willing to teach them? And I thought, yeah, that would be awesome. So I actually had to go through this whole interview process and I, I had to apply for the position and I was accepted and I got to travel around the country and teach other people how to teach our reading program while still teaching in the classroom. So that was, that was really fun. By the end of that year, I was asked to start training the trainers as well. So it was like, I was on top of the world. And then I had that first baby, Caitlin, who's now in college. <laughs> and, and things change. Like when you become a mom, things change for you and your perspectives change and what's important changes. And I knew that the lifestyle I was living, I couldn't continue to live. So I was going to leave the school after that year. And then I got offered the opportunity to become the reading specialist in the school. And then um, I wasn't really like a technical reading specialist. It was a reading curriculum coordinator, but it was a reading specialist position. So I decided, you know what, I'm going to go back to college. I'm really going to like get a real reading specialist position, like job so that I can like get all the knowledge that I need so that I can help any kid that is struggling with reading. Well, here's something to know you guys. If you want to become a reading specialist, you are not going to learn how to teach all kids how to learn how to read. It's the craziest thing. You actually learn how to like manage the programs within a school system and you do a lot of coaching um, and all that kind of stuff. So I was really disappointed in my education that I had as a reading specialist because I wanted to know how do I help those kids with dyslexia? Like that was like my big thing. And I had the amazing opportunity to get a grant for my school called the Reading First Grant. Now the Reading First Grant changed my life forever because this grant actually told us and showed us how to teach reading. And I ended up going for like 60 hours of professional development every single year, took the teachers um, to come with me and, and join me on this journey. And uh, by the end of the five years of that grant, I finally knew everything I needed to know about teaching reading. Mm -hmm. And I had this passion, uh, but there was just one problem. It was like that aha moment, you know, where you're like, this isn't where I'm meant to be. And I, I had that um, at the end of my, my journey with the school system, I ended up getting sick. And this pain ended up having me go into the hospital. I was in and out of the hospital. It was a good six months and we couldn't figure out what the pain was from. It was in my side and um, I would start off my day and my day would be um, okay. And then as the day went on, the pain got worse. And I kept going to the doctor and they kept trying to like give me these meds that didn't work. And it was, it was really, really frustrating. And, and finally, after I came back from a leave of absence, I sat in my chair at my desk and I heard this little voice that said, 
this is not where you're meant to be. Mm. And that was so, it was so like, it, it, it's like, if I'm not this, who am I? It, it was such a scary moment. Cause I'm like, well, if I'm not meant to be here, where am I meant to be? Because I love teaching reading more than anything in the world. Like what the heck? <laughs> I don't get it, but you know what? I'm going to listen to you right now and take care of my health. And I ended up taking the next year completely off to kind of find my way. I knew I wanted to start a business at home, but I didn't know what that was going to be. So I started five businesses. I failed at all of them. Um, I realized that there was a lot to learn. This teacher who now was like kind of going into the business world, there was a lot for this girl to learn when it came to running a business because I knew how to teach I didn't know how to be a business person. So mm -hmm. there was a lot of, of learning that had to happen for me. And then all of a sudden, um, it, it came to me one year, I've tried these five different businesses. I failed at them. And one year after this journey, I started, I had this thought in my head, online tutoring. And I didn't even know how to make like online tutoring. This is 2010. So you can mm -hmm. imagine at this point in time, like online tutoring is not like a hot topic. You know, right, this is right. pre, pre pandemic, right? So um, I was like, you know what? I think I can make this work. And at that point in time, I knew about Skype because I was using it with some of the other businesses that I was, I was running. So all of a sudden I was like, I could use Skype. I could literally work with anyone around the world and be able to teach them. Could I really do this? You know, there was this thought in my head, could I really make it happen? Could I really do it? So I reached out to my sister-in-law. I just started, said, hey, your son's struggling with reading. You live in Illinois. I live in Wisconsin. It's not possible for me to do in-person tutoring. But I'm starting this new gig where I'm going to be doing online tutoring. And I thought like, she would like be like, yeah, that's awesome. I love this idea. And instead she said, so you want to use my kid as a guinea pig? Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, no, I just, I want to be able to help, but I also want to see if this works. Like, can I do it? Can I get the results that, you know, I can get in person? And what I found was really astonishing. What I found was I could get results faster than I was ever able to get working one-on-one -on -one with a student. And that's when I knew right then and there that this is where I was now meant to be. Like, this was my new calling. This was my new path. And this is what I was going to do. And like you said, like, I had no idea that teachers had other options. I thought, mm -hmm. like, the only career path for a teacher was, you know, you go to school, you get your education, you become a teacher in the classroom. Now you're managing all of these kids. And, and that was your path. I had no idea there were other paths that I could take. And mm -hmm. When I started developing, you know, my identity now as an online tutor, my world changed. I fell in love with teaching again. Mm -hmm. No longer did I have to worry about that classroom management junk. Mm -hmm. I could just like do what I love doing and teach these kids and help them get results faster than I, than, um, I was ever able to get before. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, it, it is amazing. You go through these stages and you get your, you get your inspiration. You've gone from a reading teacher, a reading teacher to a reading tutor and now you're in an entrepreneur totally different yet the same how did you do all of these things while raising your three kids because you have three kids a husband mm -hmm. and once in a while you get your foreign exchange students in there as well so how were you able to accomplish these goals you know, it's one goal at a time and it's one step at a time it's never a matter of like you look back on your life and you just think like wow, I was really able to accomplish all of that. That's really amazing. When I look back on that, I'm, I am really proud of where I've been able to come from. Um, 
but I think you really can only focus on one thing at a time and get good at it. So, you know, the first thing was, let me first get good at being able to teach reading online. And then after that, I ended up going to a conference and um, I was writing my own book at the time. And at the conference, they had the opportunity to get on stage in front of 3000 people on a hot seat. And I filled out my information. I'm like, who knows? Maybe they'll choose me. They chose me. So <laughs> I get on stage for the hot seat and they're talking about my business idea of helping kids that I've been doing now for the last two years successfully. And they're saying, this is a terrible business idea. Oh, And I thought, what? They're like, you got any other business ideas? I'm like, well, I also have a passion for wanting to be able to teach other teachers and tutors mm -hmm. how they can start their own online tutoring business. And they thought, that's your moneymaker, my friend. That's going to be the big moneymaker for you. It's not in teaching kids one-on-one -on -one because you can't really leverage that, right? You can't really scale that because you only have so much time right. that you can give. So when you can start leveraging, so this is when I really started thinking about, okay, how can I leverage myself better? Because I was that doer. I was the person like, you give me an idea. And if I, if I, if I'm in, I'm in, and I'm just going to do everything I need to do in order to accomplish it. I started realizing that when you start creating a team of people, they can help you with, with really reaching the goals that it is that you want to be able to reach. And that it doesn't have to be the all about me show. And that was, that really started making like a difference in my journey. And so I started small, started, I started creating a course called the tutorpreneur uh, course, and it was to teach tutors how to start their own online tutoring business. And I found that I can't sell a course because I didn't really have people following me at that point in time. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, here, I've got this great course, but I still am having to have one-on-one -on -one conversations with people in order to sell it. Then I learned about a new strategy. It was called the webinar. And you could hold a webinar and you could then be able to sell to many people at one time. And then all of a sudden start, things started to change for me. Now this is a years and years mm -hmm. process because I was still tutoring. I love tutoring. I love reading. So, you know, I'm like splitting my passion between helping tutors and still my own passion of helping kids mm -hmm. with reading. And, and raising three kids. <laughs> and raising three kids. And so um, I, I think, you know, as, as time went on, I, I became, began getting more clear on how I could help, help tutors in their business and being able to put the resources in place for them to be successful, but it didn't always require me to be there or the sole person that was there supporting them, but I could put the pieces in place to really support them. And so um, that's when I started creating uh, my number one selling course, which is the Jumpstart Your Online Tutoring Business course. Um, and this course teaches those tutors um, in a very hands-on manner because mm -hmm. they watch the videos of me. Like that's the thing that I can scale, right? I don't have to teach the same thing over and over again, but I've been teaching it for so many years that I've gotten good at it, that they can watch those videos and they can get a lot out of it they can do the activities and then I've signed them up with a coach. So they have a group coach that they work with to be able to get all of their answers, um, it, their questions answered along with being able to get the support that they need. Cause a lot of people think, oh, I'm just gonna create courses. Um, yeah, well, here's the thing. A course creation all by itself, unless you have a name for yourself, isn't gonna go very far because mm -hmm. you have to sell it. And if you don't start building like a community to be able to sell that course, you're never going to be able to sell that course. So building a community of people has really uh, become like my new path and, and building this community mm -hmm. of tutors. And uh, when you build a community, when people buy from you once, I've learned they're going to want to buy from you again and mm -hmm. again and again and again. And so you're building a relationship very similar to 
remember I told, told you guys about the relationships that I needed mm-hmm. to build with my students in the classroom. Right. Well, this is, this is something that I, I began putting into place with helping tutors is it is all about building relationship. It's not about me selling to you. It's about me listening to you. Mm-hmm. It's about me listening to what are you struggling with? And do I have a solution to that? If I do, then I'm going to create something that's going to support you so that you can get the results that you want to get. Right. And, you know, that kind of brings us in, excuse me, to your leadership style. You know, uh, all entrepreneurs, classroom teachers, everybody has a leadership style. And as you said, we develop that as we mature and get actually more comfortable in our role as teacher, as entrepreneur. So what's your leadership style, Joanne? Yeah. And I love this question because it really made me reflect on what is my leadership style, but it's definitely that, that steward type leadership style. I believe like we're all in this together, right? And we are all going to support each other for the bigger goal of, you know, my leadership style is like, I I've realized that I'm the idea person, but I'm not always the implementer. Mm -hmm. And so if I can then assign the tasks for other people to implement, it's going to allow me to be able to do the things that I need to be able to do. So I really do believe in that, that, you know, working together with people, um, I, I, I try to treat people with respect and kindness and um, I do, I, I am a praise giver. I know that that's not always like a good thing, but I feel like people need to hear you're doing a great job and thank you. Mm-hmm. I feel like that is so important because we come to our job every single day sometimes for validation, mm-hmm. right? And if I don't provide that validation for people that, hey, I like what you're doing, I see what you're doing, I notice what you're doing, um, then they're going to lose their motivation to want to do a good job. Mm-hmm. And so it's, it's staying in contact with them as well. You know, it's not a matter of just giving somebody a job and then letting them just always go, like, which is what I used to do. I learned that, again, this is about relationships and this is about people. So with my virtual assistant that I've hired, for those of you guys that don't know what a virtual assistant is, that's somebody that you hire to help you with a task. Think about like an assistant and like a big corporation, right? You have your 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 secretary or assistant. Well, a virtual assistant just means that they don't live in the same place as you. They they work virtually. They also work from home and they help you with achieving your goals. So I meet weekly with my virtual assistant for two reasons. A to continue that relationship to let them know like hey I care to listen to them, to hear the things that they're struggling with, to assist them in the things that they are struggling with. And then at the same time, uh, for them to, to always step it up, like, okay, so is there anything that you feel you can take off my plate? You know, where, where can you help in the, in the bigger, you know, scheme of the organization? So some of the skills, if I hear you correctly, some of the skills that you learned as a teacher, uh, you were, relationship was one big one. Mm-hmm. Uh, delegation of uh, responsibilities is another skill. Uh, or obviously organization, keeping all of those balls in the air as a classroom teacher and as you went into supervisory uh, you know, positions, you also had to do that. So all of these skills that you learned in the teaching classroom can actually be brought out into the business world, you know, that yeah. we have the stick to and that you, as you always say, Joanne, you know, encouraging people to always step out. That's uh, very important. And those are skills that we've learned at, in the classroom, being in the trenches, as I always say, you know, you do learn certain skills. And I think that's, uh, one of the things that's easily transportable into 
you know, an entrepreneur owning your own business. So uh, mm -hmm. that's important to know. Um, what's your typical day? Because, you know, uh, we've been in the classroom so long and, uh, you know, we're, we're very, as a high school teacher, very bell regulated, you know, so, uh, you know, without that, you don't know where you are. So what is your day? Cause you're totally, uh, I, I know you're very scheduled, but what does your typical day look like? Yeah. And I don't want to scare anybody either as I share what my typical day is. because It, it, it looks scary when people look at my calendar and they're like, oh my goodness. So in the summer, my typical day, I would start off at six o'clock in the morning tutoring a student from uh, the UK. And then um, some days I teach jazzercise and that's how I am able to like move around and, and do this because it's such a, a solitary job that I found I was gaining weight and obviously that's not going to be good for your health, which means that I, I was scared that some of those health things were going to come back. So I really wanted to make sure that I was taking care of myself in addition to all of that. So I ended up becoming a jazzercise instructor. Um, and then after jazzercise, I'll go like right on in to, um, to a question answer call with my tutors and, and helping them. And then I'll head on over into clubhouse and um, help tutors with uh, what are some different ways that you can get some online tutoring students. From there, I'll move back on into working with some of my students. I have a student in Peru that I work with uh, every day. He's a four-year-old boy learning how to read, and his mom's homeschooling him right now, so I'm the, the sole reading teacher, which I absolutely love. And then I head back on to the UK to work with uh, my student uh, who, he goes to school all day, but uh, his dad wants to be working with him twice a day. So I'm almost oh like his homeschooling teacher mm -hmm. as well, that he's getting all this extra education on top of it. And then from there, I take a nap. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm glad you and do then, that. <laughs> <laughs> One thirty to 3 o'clock, everybody in my life knows this is not the time to message Joanne, find mom, <laughs> talk to my wife like this is Joanne's like sacred time uh -huh. because right at three o'clock I begin starting with then my my students that live here in the United States and start working with them and a lot of times I'll be working with them they're from like every state um, all the way up until about um, 6 30 7 30 now it used to be like 8 30 at night that I was working because mm -hmm. I had a hard time saying no mm-hmm but this year I've decided I'm going to be really hard on myself. If the student that is approaching me is not my ideal client, it's an automatic no. You can't fix them. And that's something you've tried to also uh, instill in your tutors because there mm -hmm. is a time that not everyone is your ideal client. So you do need to go through that in a nice way. Very good. Yeah. Your, yeah. your comment uh, just now about homeschooling is, is interesting and not to get into the uh, politics, but of course the, uh, the whole uh, teacher and learning uh, in the news has been very uh, negative, mm. especially for teachers and unions and so forth, and not to get into politics. But I, I assume that homeschooling is going to get very, uh, become a huge business opportunity. And I guess oh, you're, absolutely. you're already mm -hmm. into it. So what do, you, what do you think the future is for homeschooling and, and doing more of what you are doing? You know, I think what's really awesome is the pandemic gave us all a gift. It gave us the gift of more people having the opportunity to work from home. With that opportunity gives choices to parents who want to be more involved in their child's education. And I think that's an awesome 
gift. And so there are a lot of uh, parents making that decision to homeschool their own child. It has nothing to do with that the teachers in the school system aren't doing a good enough job. It's more about their family lifestyle choices that they are deciding to put first. And I think that's absolutely amazing. And these homeschool families, they are willing to put forth the money to be able to hire tutors to teach specific things to their kids. And there's different homeschooling philosophies too. So um, I, it's really it's really interesting when you start diving into the how family really is first in these homeschooling parents' lives and how amazing that is. That they're giving the biggest gift of themselves and they're not always the teacher. And I think this is one of the biggest things that people um, have this misconception of is that if I'm the homeschooling parent, I'm also the teacher. And that isn't always the case. They're a facilitator a lot of times. Mm -hmm. They're facilitating the instruction. It doesn't mean that the, the kids aren't don't have other teachers in their lives. They do. The, the parents are just choosing who they are, right? Mm -hmm. So they're actually, it's more kind of like a... Um, it's kind of like they're they're designing it from from start to finish. They're mm -hmm. like, okay, this person's going to teach my kid reading. This person over here is going to teach my kid music. This kid over here is going to teach my kid art. This kid over here, this person over here is going to teach my kid this. Or here's an online course that I can give to my child for this. Right. So mm -hmm. they're just they're just the facilitator. Sometimes they are the teacher for the things that that they they know about, but they're not taking everything on. And I think that's kind of a misconception that mm -hmm. people have. The mm -hmm. other biggest misconception people have is that these homeschoolers are going to be um, socially not, um, they're not going to be socialized human beings. <laughs> yes, they are. They do, they do sports just like any other kids do, mm -hmm. right? They're, they're mm -hmm. taking part in community. They're volunteering at churches. And so I do think that there's just this awesome ability to unite the family mm -hmm. through the homeschooling movement. I think it's really, really awesome that parents do have the choice to do that here in our country. Mm -hmm. right. that's always good choice is always good right. choice mm -hmm. is always good um it's been a big concern of mine you know the last couple of months about uh, college students who are in college now taking education courses with the hopes of being a teacher and they're probably going through a lot of uh emotional you know changes you know about am i in the right field did i make mm. the right choice doing this with all the craziness going on in, in the world so it's good to know you know, that they do have other choices right, right. and they do have other opportunities, even though, you know, they're getting an education degree, a teacher's degree, and they're going through the process of being a teacher. And maybe the classroom is not going, going to be the best place right. for them, but there are other opportunities out there, right. uh, obviously, that you've just, you know, been talking about. But before we close, um, you know, you spoke about a lot of things. We might have to come back and revisit you. <laughs> <laughs> 30 minutes is, is a short amount of time to you know to talk about all the things that need to be spoken about right but uh is there anything that you want to bring up that we have not talked about yet you know you you really just hit on something that's really uh, close to my heart as i was going through the whole teaching um going for my own education i had those same doubts and we didn't have a pandemic at that time um, right. i was hearing things about like these situations in the classroom where, where kids do these things like throwing desks and chairs and they fight. And I was hearing all these things. And I was like, that's not the school that I went to. Right, like, right. what? Like, this exists in schools? Like, it was like a whole new world for me. And, and I didn't know if I wanted to get involved in that world. And 
I think it is important for 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 you to know that you know the classroom is just one path with your degree. Right. It isn't right. the only path. That if you decide that you want to be a professional, we call ourselves professional freelance educators. Uh, if you want to be a professional freelance educator and begin. Um, then definitely start thinking about what do you enjoy teaching the most? Do you enjoy teaching reading? Do you enjoy teaching math? And begin giving yourself some additional things to study. Right. Like, because the the, the school, the, the education system isn't always going to fill all the holes of your knowledge. We think right. that that college is the end all be all. There are a ton of courses online where you can continue to fill in those holes, learn what it is that you want to learn, and always stay a learner. You never know everything about anything. That's all I got to say. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> and I think that's right. the first step in knowledge right. is knowing that you don't know everything right. there is to know. And I think what's really neat, uh, you know, kind of closing up is that you get the skills in college, you get the skills if you go into the classroom, but there are so many other opportunities. And, you know, as you and I have discussed and with your other tutors, um, there's so many other places that you can go and teach that one-on-one, -on -one, make that mm -hmm. difference on one-on-one. -on -one. And, uh, you know, I think that's important too. We have much more as teachers, we have much more uh, opportunities given to us uh, including starting your own business, including uh, what you're doing. You know, you're a great um, kind of a leader in this whole thing. You know, from you, I don't, and I know you know this, other people have taken what you've given them and popped up all over the place. It is funny. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I see it and I'm sure you're more aware of it than I am. But, uh, you know, thank you so much, Joanne. Uh, for sitting with us and taking time out of your crazy schedule. And I can attest to that, guys. What she's saying is absolutely true. She is on uh, online. She is in that, you know, what do you call that? That classroom that, that oh my gosh, I can't remember. Uh, the talking, the chats that you're on the, on the iPads. And oh, uh, Clubhouse. Clubhouse. Yes, Clubhouse. I'm sorry. Clubhouse. And she's there and you can find her. And Joanne is very... Um, easy to speak to. So if you're, if your student is in teaching and not sure if they want to go into the classroom, Joanne is a great resource and she's very kind and very willing to uh, help out and give advice. Um, where can we reach you, Joanne, if anyone wants to reach out to you? Yeah, feel free to reach on out on my website. It's called onlinetutorcoach.com and you'll see a contact me page and you can just click that contact page. And you do have a free um, freebie that you had wanted to share I with do. everybody. I do, because I think one of the biggest things, if you do decide that you want to do some tutoring, even if it's like in addition to your current income that you're making or in the future, you kind of want to do both. The thing that people struggle with the most is where do I get my students, right? So I have a workbook that I've created called 50 plus ways to get online tutoring students. And it will guide you into how to find those students. And also how do I begin to use language that will attract those students? Mm -hmm. And also you have a Facebook page called I do. It's called Become an Online Tutor. And we have one of the top 
groups on Facebook. As of now, it is called the Ultimate Support Group for Online Tutors. So if, you have, if you've got an interest in joining that, come on in, hear the conversations and the questions and the answers that people supply inside of there. Yeah, it's a great, right. a great place. I get a lot of knowledge from it. So thank you for putting that up. Um, I guess that's it, Tom. That's it. And uh, we want to thank you again, Joanne, for your great information. And uh, thank you for our listeners and viewers. And my name is Tom Geffers. And I'm Maria Geffers. And we will see you next week with another expert in the career, college, and financial aid arena. Take care. Bye-bye. So long.